0: Hello and welcome to Connected episode 294. It's made possible this week by our sponsors, Pingdom and Hover. My name is Stephen Hackett and I'm joined by Mr. Federico Vatici.
1: Hello, what's up? What's up? How are you? I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm good. It's uh, We're right in the the curve of spring going into summer, which is like a really nice time. It's going to be this really hot soon, too, today's very nice. Hi.
1: Oh my god, this is so here.
0: lately. I can't accept a whole conversation you used to, to begin
1: be, before. You used to be a pretty patient, polite... Not anymore. English boy. Not anymore. What happened this to economy? you?
2: economy? No, I'm not, I'm not patient anymore. You gotta stop that joke. I' <laughs> just gotta stop it. <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good joke.
1: I am not familiar with this joke.
2: What's the joke? Eh, don't worry about it. I'll explain it to you when you're older.
1: Okay. Yeah, I don't care. I've already Mm forgotten about it. Uh, Follow-up. What are you doing? I'm moving along. Stop. What what, what do you have at this point
0: in the show? Mike, how are you? Uh, I'm trying to be nice. I'm good. You crashed my intro. I'm impatient. We've established this. Yeah, you're very feisty. But you doing okay? Mm -hmm. Good. Follow-up. Bridge had a software, firmware situation update uh, that came out, I think, basically right after we recorded last week. Federico, you have one of these, the Bridge Keyboard Pro Plus Pro with trackpad. Did you do this update, and did it make it better?
1: Yeah, I did, and it did not make it better. Um, so took the keyboard, and I connected it to the iPad. I downloaded the app from the App Store, and it's really the update process is relatively easy. You just got to follow couple of uh, on-screen instructions and the the update took a while like a couple of minutes just sitting there and watching this progress bar uh, go um and after that i thought well the the app is saying that the keyboard is updated so i should be ready to use it again and i did notice that maybe the pointer um is a, a a little bit faster in moving on screen and less less jittery than before. However, the update made it worse in a bunch of ways, and I think um I think Bridge is already working on an update on another on a second update. So maybe we'll
2: you got to update m- maybe the update.
1: we'll we'll talk about the update to the update uh, in a future episode. But basically, this version. Which I think I'm free to talk about because it's up on the App Store. So, Um, context menus, like now when you right click, I get this weird flashing animation before the context menu comes up. And I sent you guys a video. Uh, You basically see like the context menu. Pop up for a fraction of a second and then pop up again, like it flashes once on screen before you actually see the menu. It's a very visually strange. Um, and also the other, the second issue which Jason Snell also mentioned is in his review on Six Colors that when using the Bridge Pro Plus, and if you scroll to the bottom of a page, any page of any application on your iPad. You basically see this phantom content appear at the bottom of the page. (laughs) That did not get resolved. And in fact, even after the update, I now see this phantom empty content at the bottom of Safari even. So even if I go to Mac Stories and I scroll to the bottom of the page, instead of the footer, I see this like huge empty area. Uh, that's not supposed to happen. So, uh, and it happens in notes. It happens in settings. It ap- it happens everywhere.
2: So real time follow up, Federico. If you will allow me to to do some at this stage, the uh, bridge say that they will have another update later this week with huge improvements to the menu and web page quote unquote bounce.
1: Okay, uh, where where is this from Twitter?
2: Yeah, from the bridge Twitter account. So, I guess. We'll be reporting again next week, I suppose. (laughs) Okay. All right.
1: So, perfect. Um, And really, just using this again for 10 minutes made me me realize how even if the update is perfect, right? Even if scrolling becomes super smooth and fluid and, and they get rid of these flashing animations and they get rid of the phantom content at the bottom of a page, I've just gotten so used to the multi-touch gestures on the Magic Keyboard. I really struggle to see myself going back to the Bridge Keyboard without the, the three-finger swipe gesture to move between apps and, and you know use multitasking and control multitasking from the trackpad. Just using the trackpad for scrolling is not enough anymore for me because the Magic Keyboard, the Magic Trackpad before and the Magic Keyboard now have spoiled me and now I always want that kind of experience
2: no one's going to switch from a magic keyboard to the bridge keyboard like i don't think anyone is even suggesting or expecting that but it's more about like if bridge can can make this product better than it currently is within the constraints that they have available to them it just means that there is another player in the in the space right mm-hmm. we have a cheaper product um which some people may prefer in some other ways, and then they just you know there's a functionality they get in return of not having the gestures or whatever, right? But the problem is right now they can't get the basics right for whatever reason. I think I think a lot of the reasons is kind of just nothing they could do even if they wanted to because of the fact that they made this product before the Magic Keyboard and before uh, iPad OS 13.4. It's a shame that that it's still like new problems rather than fixing yeah. the old ones. Yeah.
1: So it's unfortunate. We'll see. We'll see how things progress with the updates. But so far, still problematic. And at least it go- it's good to know that they are very much aware of the issues and they're continuing to work on fixing them.
0: Uh, up next, Microsoft has added. What nine to five Mac called split view, but is actually multi window support, uh, and also
2: what Mac Rumors called split view, which makes me wonder if that's why the nine to five Mac report said split view.
1: What's so? Let me ask you, what is worse? Okay, people who call multi window split view, or people who call shortcuts series sh- shortcuts?
2: Uh, people that call multi window split view.
1: <laughs> mm. I
2: actually that's just completely wrong.
1: I gotta agree with you um well but basically okay 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 what's worse okay here we go people who call <laughs> multi-window split view mm-hmm. or people who call iphone and ipad apps by their names but they also append app to the end of the name so like people who in 2020 say things like shortcuts.app I
2: still think the split view one because there are some of the yeah. dot apps that you kind of have to do sometimes,
0: <laughs> like Mail, because oh, like, there the You
1: don't have to say dot or app. Music. You don't have to say or Apple Notes. You don't have to say that. It's not Apple. You notes. You can say Apple Notes. It's just you just notes. You don't have to. Say, you don't have to say Apple Notes dot app.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, again, it's better to say Apple Mail than to say Mail dot app. But I still think it's worse to stay split view because, like. All of these, different the, features. The, the things that you're mentioning, they're just like adaptations of the phrase or how things used to be called. But you're mm-hmm. right, this isn't split view. This is multi-window. It's split view split only view. existed in one application and that was Safari, but now they do multi-window, right? They don't do that split view thing anymore. Um, it is yeah. multi-window. because there. And again, it's like... If Word was still one application and they cut it down the middle inside of Word, then maybe you'd call it split view because they've created their own view inside of their application. But it's not that. It is multi-window support. It's two distinct windows of Word. The
1: also, because you can have multiple windows without necessarily using exactly.
2: them in split View. You can have so. multiple Word windows of multiple other apps, right? You could have two yeah. Word and two Notes pairings. But anyway, semantics aside, this can com- like coupled together with information from Craig Videriki's own mouth uh, on app stories which congratulations again for having Craig on the show. People need to go listen to episode 162 of App Stories, where Federico interviewed Craig Federici about the uh, OS cursor support stuff primarily. That was a, kind of the primary part of the discussion. But Craig mentioned during the episode about the fact that later on this year, kind of around the fall, that Microsoft would be implementing full trackpad support. And I get that, like... For some applications that were doing their own text rendering for legitimate reasons, they're going to need time. But it's good to hear that Word is doing this. All of these features made me think to myself, I haven't done this yet, but I'm planning it, what is Word's collaboration like now? The only reason we use Google Docs is because it has live real-time collaboration. But it doesn't appear that Google is really doing anything right like you know and and even if they are working on both trackpad support and multi-window which i'm sure that they maybe are somewhere they're not being open about it right like microsoft is at least allowing it to be communicated or communicating themselves that they are implementing these features so if words collaboration stuff is good now um, and a lot of people have told me that it is, including the people in the chat right now, saying that there is a lot of that the features are basically the same. I think it might be worth looking into again because I really want both multi window and uh, trackpad support in the application that I put show notes together in. And maybe Word is that app. I don't
1: know. Word.app. Word.app. That's what we're
2: going to use. Yep. M dollar word.app. That's how it's referred to.
0: Well, let us know how that goes. If you find somebody to take you up on that. Federico, you have big news in the audio world.
1: Not really. Not really big news. Um, news, but not necessarily big. Um, Plex Amp, we 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 mentioned this before. It's the new music utility by the Plex folks. Um, and it's a dedicated music player for your Plex library. I got very excited when I saw in the... Changelog for this week's update to PlexAmp on iOS that they supported native DSD playback. And DSD is one of the high resolution. Um, lossless file formats that I use for some of the albums in my music library. Most of them are in the FLAC format, but some of them are in DSD. I was very excited because as we talked about before, my current solution for streaming high resolution music and using my Sony Walkman as an external USB DAC for the iPad Pro is to use the Beautiful and sometimes misunderstood neutron music player for iPhone and iPad. Uh, there's an entire episode of Connected about this app that I, you know, you should go listen to if you if you missed that segment. Um, still, I was very excited. I thought, oh, okay, finally, I have a good-looking, you know, very visually attractive utility to listen to music in the in its native file format while outputting that audio via USB to my external DAC sadly uh, DSD playback is only on device, so yes you can listen to DSD and it will not transcode DSD to PCM, but it only happens on device, so if you're using the iPhone or iPad app, you will see DSD, but as soon as you connect a a USB DAC it goes back, as we talked about before, it downsamples everything to 48kHz um, and also, this is limited to DSD, so if you have anything higher than 48 kHz in your music library, if you have FLAC files of, say, 24-bit with 96 kHz bitrate, they will still get down-sampled to 48, because that's just what Plex does. So literally, the only thing they've done is add in-app support for streaming DSD playback uh, for streaming DSD files. Um So, yeah, Neutron is still king when it comes to taking your high-resolution music, leaving it untouched, and allowing you to um, output that music from an iPhone or an iPad to an external uh, DAC uh, via Lightning or USB-C. So, Neutron... I mean, and after some visual customizations, you know, because... As we talked about before, Neutron has a lot of settings. After a bunch of customizations, it is passable. It's a passable, you know, it's not, it doesn't make me want to throw my iPad out of the window anymore, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> right. Also, also, Neutron gets frequent updates, not in the visual department, in the technical department, but at least it's very frequently updated. So shout out to the developer for working on it continuously.
2: I saw something interesting. Um, i saw this being shared on twitter today it was a reddit post and i've confirmed it myself by looking at the show notes and the, not the show notes the uh, update notes <laughs> everything's a show note to me you know uh, er- everything's a show and they're all the notes procreate the latest update for procreate allows for 2020 ipad pro models to enable more layers in a project
1: ah damn it now i got update the iPad or, the Pro- or Procreate? <laughs> I got to update my iPad but- only because of mm. this feature.
2: You are making a joke, but it's an interesting point that one of two things have happened. Like either A, you're able to, or B, Procreate has found a way to enable features for iPads that have more RAM in them. And well, that's really that's intriguing. It
1: doesn't, they don't really they don't really need to find a way, uh, but yes, they are. They have made this desi- decision, and it's. I mean, it makes sense, right? All iPads in 2020 have um, two extra gigs of mm-hmm. RAM, and I think it would be trickier for them to say oh, you can have this feature, but only if you have this specific model of the 2018 iPad Pro. It could potentially be done. Uh, in a very inelegant way. By they saying, might struggle with App know,
2: Review for that, though.
1: They might struggle with App. Re- if we, it could be technically possible, I guess, to see which iPad model you have, and if they see the one terabyte storage, they could unlock certain functionalities. But I'm not sure how that would go with App Review. So, makes sense to 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 restrict that feature to the 2020 iPad Pros. I really don't think. Actually, no. I want to be optimistic and hope that we do not see any more of of this, especially from Apple. But I may be wrong. And maybe if there's a new, you know, if Apple makes Xcode or Final Cut or Logic or whatever for iPad and they say some of these features are for the 2020 iPad Pro only, at that point I will consider upgrading. No, you will but upgrade. But so far... You
2: won't consider. We all know you and that's fine because that would make sense at uh, what, that point because there would be things you wouldn't be able to No, test. because
1: I don't use Logic, I don't use Final Cut, I don't want to be a YouTuber and I don't want to edit my podcasts. Mm. So What about Xcode though? I'm not a developer. still. Not a programmer, so okay.
2: what about shortcuts? Folders for one. If you have if you have 2020 iPad Pro, you can have folders.
1: First of all, I think you mean Siri shortcuts, and if Siri shortcuts gets exclusive features on the 2020 iPad Pro, then yes, I will get a new one.
2: I am still standing by the idea that I'm not alone in thinking, but I believe that all of the 2020 iPad Pros got the same. RAM amount for a reason and I think it is a reason of an application or applications upcoming that require it so we will see but I that's I think that's the case so, hmm. but this is just uh showing that it's possible it's, things can be done so if you have a 2020 iPad and you use Procreate then congratulations
0: we wanted to uh, let people know that we have launched a Discord. For Relay FM members. This is part of a, a larger emphasis on membership moving forward. You know, the world is a, a uncertain place right now, and, and all businesses, including ours, have been affected. And we are really going to focus on producing more content for our members, making that uh, a better and more fun experience. So if you go to relay.fm forward, you can read something Mike and I wrote about this. If you're already a member, it's really easy to join the Discord. And if you're not a member, uh, I would uh, recommend signing up at relay.fm slash membership, and you'll get directions on how to join the Discord, how to get access to all the other perks. Uh, we're having a lot of fun. We launched it last week, and it's just, it's been a really great few days uh, getting to know a bunch of new people in the Discord.
2: Yep, over a 1,000 people in there already which mm-hmm. is wild. So if you are an existing member, we don't have I know we don't have all of our members in here. If you're an existing member, you can you can sign up or you can become a member. There's a link in the very top of our show notes in your podcast app of choice. If you click on that, you will be able to become a Real AFM member supporting connected and you will get all of these wonderful perks. And this is the thing, like Stephen said, we're going to continue to put emphasis on membership, but not just in the sense of like we're going to talk about it more and want you to give us money. We are going to talk about it more. We do want you to give us money, but we're going to give you more in return. Like the emphasis is not like it's staying as it was before, and we want to just get you to become a member if you hadn't been one. Right, like we're going to be spending a lot of time probably over the next six months adding more and more. So we spoke about backstage, which is our members-only uh, behind-the-scenes podcast, which teaches you how to make a podcast of your own. That's one, and now the second thing is the Relay FM members Discord, and we're working on some exciting stuff that we're hoping to launch sometime. In the summer, maybe, or before the end of the year, we're not sure. But we're working on a lot of stuff that we want to be able to bring to you to make your support in us even more worth your while and time. Thank you if you sign up, and we'll see you in the Discord.
0: Can I tell you all about a struggle that I've been having with my iPhone?
2: Did you drop it again? No. You sure?
0: So I texted you all this, but I wanted to share it on the show because it's really odd, and I'm curious if any other people are having this experience. So... Uh, The iPhone 11 Pro, it's on the public release of iOS, I guess, 13 point whatever. What's current? I don't even know. 13 point whatever. Not the 13.5 beta is what I'm saying. About every fifth or sixth unlock, the color temperature of the screen is like green tinted. It's very strange. And then it clears up after a few seconds or even sometimes longer. I've had it hang out for like 30 seconds. And then all of a sudden it's like, clip. I'm back to my normal color temperature. I tried a couple of things. I tried turning off True Tone for a while that didn't make any change. I tried turning off the ooh, the one at nighttime, the night sight, what is it called? Night shift. Night shift. True Tone and Night Shift I've had on and off in various combinations. I can't seem to make this go away. It's very strange. I'm afraid that my phone is slowly dying or it is going to be green permanently one of these times. But uh, that's that's kind of where I am with my iPhone life. Uh, you, honestly,
2: mm-hmm. have you dropped this phone?
0: Not recently. Because I'm wondering if like something's gotten detached somewhere. Someone in the Discord has, has the same thing. Oh, really? Someone in the Discord has the same thing. Yes. Not just me.
2: All right. Well, I guess you're part of a club now. Congratulations.
0: Yes. The The Green Tent Club. Uh-huh. The, the GTC. I don't know if you should really be that proud of it as to brand it, but like,
2: I'm pleased for you both, both
0: you and Zach, for having this issue. That's for the class action lawsuit against Apple. You need a brand. Oh. So people blog about you and then... Right. Should we... What do you call that? Tint gate? Um, Tent gate? Tent mm-hmm. gate. Green gate. Green gate? Green gate. Green gate. I already have one gate to my name. I don't need a second. Hmm. I can't. I mean, I have mm. no
2: answer for you.
0: Um, it's weird, though. I'm assuming it's, it's because weird. you drop your phone all the time, uh, and you don't have it in a case. I've I've dropped this phone maybe twice. Right. Both times in a case, and not very far. Like, there's no damage to the phone. There's a little nick in the top corner of the leather case. That's it.
2: I don't remember. Remind me, is this the same Eleven Pro that you got last year? Have you replaced this
0: one? I have not. This phone has survived. Wow
2: hmm look at
0: that mm-hmm. very proud of you it's uh it's pretty good it's a good it's a good run i feel better that other people are saying that they've seen this so i'm just gonna keep an eye on it um green gate did you file a radar uh it's
2: a lot of work <laughs> uh, if you remember last time we started a uh series as we run up to wwdc um what i like now is knowing that our show, WWC Week, is episode 300. I now yes. know every time we start the show how many weeks we are away. So right? 294 <laughs> means six more. So uh, and now we're going to be doing another Anticipating WWDC. Federico came up with the topic this time, which is every year Apple seems to do something that we like. Like they do it and like, oh, I'm so pleased you did this. But we did not expect them to do so. The always used example of this is third-party keyboards. That's the easiest one that everyone can appreciate. It's like, wow, -hmm. like, you did this, but no one expects it. Um, Or SF symbols, so, like, the symbol thing, like, so basically developers have that they can choose from to put in their applications. It's like, this is great, but never expected you to do that. Or maybe even external storage via USB for iPad. Or maybe, I don't know if I'm going to be taking somebody's pics here, but like third-party watch faces would be one, right? We all want them, but don't expect Apple to do them. So we wanted to talk about, we all compiled some lists of things that we feel would fall into this category. This is not a list of predictions, because we consider these things unlikely, not impossible, but unlikely. I was considering that potentially this is like a training ground for the rickies. Uh, because these are, I guess, a bunch of things that we all want to see but think they won't do. So who knows? Maybe one of, maybe one of these could end up becoming our uh, ricky picks as we lead up to WWC. So Federico, as the originator of uh, the anticipating WWC topic today, would you like to go
1: first? My criteria for considering these um, potential features was what's what would be sort of crazy or unexpected or uh, so surprising on iOS and iPadOS at this point that they might just do it because we could never see it happen. So my first one is actually something that I do not personally want. And I think it will be kind of weird to have, but I could also make the case for it. And that would be an option in settings on iPad to completely disable drag and drop for multitasking. So my idea would be that Apple is not ready to move away from the current multitasking system on iPadOS. I would be very surprised if we get a major iPadOS OS. Redesign in terms of managing windows and managing split view and slide over this year. I I've, that would be very welcome. I just think it's they're not ready for it yet. However, I think Apple is very much aware of the challenges and the difficulties that a lot of people have with using multitasking with the current drag and drop based system. And you know we've seen the articles from know, John Gruber uh, a while back had a really solid collection of link posts and, and articles about all the challenges with drag and drop and picking up icons and placing them on screen. A lot of people don't like the current system. And so I could see Apple make a global setting that says disable drag and drop for multitasking, only use drag and drop for content. And if they do that, they could implement something like context menus uh, to replace the drag and drop uh, infused multitasking system so a setting to disable drag and drop entirely for multitasking so that you no longer have or can pick up icons to manage split view and slide over
2: i have a drag and drop related question i would like to enter into the conversation at this point Mm. how often do you two use drag and drop in general on the ipad for what for for anything never for content yeah I do occasionally, because I want to say just at this stage in the conversation. I,
1: I do all the t- I do all the time for like whenever I want to share a photo or a screenshot and I'm using the iPad and I want to share that like in uh, in messages I use That's drag and drop mm-hmm. I also use it to attach photos uh, to tweets and images to tweets mm-hmm. because you can drag and drop in in Twitter. and I guess I use it for files and mail like when I'm sending a message and it needs an attachment. I usually drag drag it from files or photos. Mm. But yeah, that's that's all I do. So,
2: I feel like drag and drop gets in my way more than I use it like for content.
1: Mm. Maybe they could disable drag and drop and for content, but leave it for multitasking. I Maybe would prefer I that. My prediction backward. Maybe well, it could be one of the two, right? They could just a way to do, yeah. I can see because
2: I have had Maybe this problem could be much, much more with thirteen point four, because if I'm using a mouse right. or a trackpad, sometimes I want to say perform a gesture, so I click and try and drag something, and it tries to drag and drop it, right? Or right. like. If you're trying to select text with the old little blue guys, you know, like where you're dragging it around, if an application doesn't have the new track, like cursor support, so you have to like double click and move the little selectors, I'm finding myself accidentally grabbing and dragging the text more than I would want. Hmm. So at the moment, I am getting more incorrect drag and drop than I am use out of drag and drop when. I honestly forget that it's there a lot of the time. Like there are a lot of times where like I'm adding attachments to a mail message and I realize I've added two attachments via the document picker. And it's like, Oh yeah, I could have drag and drop that too late now because I never think to do it. And I feel like it's because I'm, I drag and drop more on the Mac because it's like a windowing based system. So there's like always stuff all over the place. Right. So It's easy for me to get to a finder window because there's usually a finder window snuck behind something else. So i remember to do it. But on iOS, I'm so frequently in one app at a time. I kind of just get locked into the thinking of like, I'm working in this one application. So I forget to drag and drop. Like I know it's there. I know how to do it, but I forget it. And so I don't use it very often, even though I know it's useful, right? Like, so for me, whilst I appreciate drag and drop as a thing and it has a lot of use and maybe if like, and I'm not just making a joke now, if there was a shelf Federico shelf idea,
1: I was about to say, oh, no. then I would be, no. you, would use it, more, you would use it a lot more. <laughs> I would use it if a you lot a shelf. more. Like
2: genuinely, like if there was like a bucket where I could just drag and drop stuff from all the time, like finder, really like finder kind of is that in a lot of ways for files and all kinds of stuff. But if there was something that I was able to drag and drop all kinds of stuff in out of all the time that was built into the system and not a third party application, because again, that's still the main problem, um, I would maybe use it more. But at the moment, I find myself being more frustrated with drag and drop when I don't want it than getting use out of it when I do. So that was the the side I wanted to have on drag and drop.
1: Yeah. So uh, do you want to do this round robin style because I have a bunch. Of no, do, that your I mention. do your list. Do your list. Okay, so my my next well, my next pick is actually a shelf or a clipboard mm. manager. They would essentially uh, more more like I, I'm really interested to, to see Apple actually make a clipboard manager to sort of defy conventions and and be like, yeah, I could, you can totally make a clipboard manager on iPad OS. That would require, of course, new. Well, it could it could go both, it could go two ways. I guess they could have actual background APIs to monitor system stuff in the background all the time as it's possible on the Mac, or it could be a private thing that it's a private API that only Apple can use. Um, In any case, I think a clipboard manager would be really useful to have. It's one of the features that I find myself appreciating about the Mac whenever I use my Mac Mini and really missing on iPadOS, despite some of the alternatives that exist on the platform, but they're just not as good as an actual clipboard manager on the Mac. You know, being able to copy and find everything that you copied later. Um, There are clipboard managers on iPad and iPhone, but they usually require you to manually uh, save stuff and remember to save the things that you copy, either from a widget or from an extension or from a shortcut. Um, So an actual clipboard manager or clipboard manager APIs would be really what I would love a clipboard um, manager on iPadOS. Like, I really, really would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, especially if they do widgets on the home screen. Imagine, oh, that would oh, be so sweet. dude. That would be so sweet. That'd be um, awesome. Next one, and this is... i uh, Some people may say, oh, no, they're never going to do that, but hear me out. The ability to run Swift code. So, Swift inside shortcuts. And I can, Im- I can imagine to have like a little run Swift action that is sandboxed to shortcuts. And that would be kind of similar to how there's a precedent for this. In fact, you can run JavaScript in shortcuts, but it's limited to Safari. So there's an action called run JavaScript script, mm-hmm. run JavaScript code, that allows you to run arbitrary JavaScript uh, in Safari when using a shortcut in the share sheet as an extension in Safari. And it would be pretty awesome to compensate for some of the more advanced features that Shortcuts is missing, like uh, string manipulation or dealing with lists or just you know more advanced concepts and ideas and features that Shortcuts, Shortcuts doesn't have. You could have a little Swift action That if you know what you're doing, you can put in Swift code and you can read variables from preceding actions and you can output data as a variable to the following action. So run Swift inside shortcuts. What a crazy concept. Uh, That would be actually pretty sweet. Um, Next on my list, and this is kind of crazy, they're probably never going to do it, but if they do it, you heard it here first, I guess. Markdown support in Apple Notes. I would really love to have... markdown in notes in a way that I don't want to see raw markdown syntax in notes, but I want to be able to input markdown and have it transform in real time into rich text. I want that, and I also want the ability to export a note from rich text to markdown. Apple is familiar with markdown. They support markdown, I believe, in Swift Playgrounds on the Mac, or in Xcode on the Mac. In one of those two places, they do support Markdown, so they are aware of what Markdown is. I mean, who isn't? Mm-hmm. Um, so I would love to have Markdown as an input option in Notes. There's, there's a ve- well. Right now, it's not really Markdown, but in Apple Notes, if you enter an asterisk and you leave a space, it automatically becomes a list sort of like in Markdown, and I'm talking about that kind of real-time transformation, right? So imagine entering uh, sort of like, and I know that a lot of people don't like it, but the new visual editor in Slack, how if you enter the right syntax, the format changes in real time, so italics and bold text and that kind of stuff. I would love to have something similar in Notes. Finally, and this is kind of a weird one, which is you know why I wanted to do this, to do this segment the ability to customize the icons that you see in the iphone status bar so here's my thinking for this wait what the what the so you know the status bar on the iphone oh what like the top the black bar at the top
0: yeah the the little ears
1: okay the
2: the very bar uh, the what used to always be black that's why I think of it as black. It's not anymore, but it's, yeah. Is,
1: is the name not the status bar? The name is the status yeah, bar, Yeah, yeah, right? but
2: I just didn't remember that name.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: Do you all remember in like iOS 6, it would get tinted? So like you'd be in like Twitter and the status bar would be tinted blue?
1: Maybe. Oh my God, that was, that was iOS 6, right?
0: Yeah, that was a weird...
1: Yeah, that was weird. iOS 6 was weird. It, like it, was it really was. Weird. It was really weird. No, don't
2: you have, like, fond memories of iOS? (laughs) I found an
0: article on iMore about it. I'm going to put it in the show notes.
1: Although, imagine being Scott Forstall, right? And knowing, getting the feeling that maybe you're on your way out Mm. at Apple and just living with the bang of a weird release. (laughs) That's, you know, fine, you you want me out of Apple? I don't
2: think he knew he was on his way out, did he?
1: Mm, oh, yeah, I, I guess because
2: there's, there's like a lot of conjecture about that point, right? That like yeah. Apple Maps was like the last nail in the coffin kind of thing.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, he had already like spilled coffee on Tim accidentally before that. Johnny had had enough. That's right. Parked in his parking spot.
1: iOS 6 was a weird, really. Oh, man. Remember, remember Reminders in iOS 6? Uh-huh. Oh, wow.
0: Yeah. Notes still has the paper texture.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. And podcasts. <laughs> Okay, tape-reels. moving on. Okay, anyway, uh, so <laughs> here's, my, here's my thinking. Here's my thinking. If the notch is getting smaller in the iPhone 12, that likely means more space in the status bar. Now, more space, you could say, well, that gives Apple an opportunity to fit even more icons in there. Like if you have more space, now finally, for example, maybe your carrier information, Your, you know, the, the seller carrier thing could always be in there or maybe the vpn icon which right now you only see by swiping down and opening control center which gives you like the expanded double row for the status Mm -hmm. bar maybe the vpn icon could go in there but as i was thinking about this i realized if they make it bigger they probably don't want to stuff it full of icons like on android so why not give users the opportunity to customize the status bar, much like they can customize the controls for control center in settings. But imagine that for the status bar, because maybe I never want to have the battery in there, or maybe I don't care about the VPN icon, but maybe you do care about the VPN icon, and you would rather have that, the VPN information, than, say, how many bars of 4G you have. So, for I mean, the status bar has been a fixed element, untouched visual element, since the iPhone's inception over 10 years ago, maybe that could also become a customizable thing, just Mm -hmm. like Control Center. Maybe, maybe it could have a mix of elements that you cannot remove and others that you can. (laughs)
0: Like the Mac.
1: (laughs) like the Mac Mm -hmm. or like Control Center. Again, Mm -hmm. some elements you cannot remove from Control Center, but others you can customize. So maybe if the status bar gets larger and you have more room for icons, maybe Apple doesn't want to go with the obvious solution, which is let's just put more stuff in there. Maybe they're going to take that as an opportunity to say, well, I guess we could give users the choice to customize what they see. So I don't know. It Hmm. would be a little strange, but it would be useful, I think.
0: It would be cool. Especially on the iPad, like you could think all the things you could put in there. It'd be
1: awesome. Yeah. I mean, the iPad right now is basically useless. Uh, you know. Wait, do you mean in general? <laughs> mm. The status bar on the iPad, yeah. it's so, like, well, you got the time and, mm-hmm. like, such... I like the date.
2: I like that the date's
1: in I like there. the date. That's nice. That's nice. But it's, you know, you, you could uh, you could use some additional information in there. I don't know. You know what I would love? Mm. Uh, a scrolling ticker of stocks what music is playing. N- music, not stocks. What was the name of the of that thing that people used to uh, leave on their desktops for music? iTunes? And you could like <laughs> no. It was like this third party widget. Um oh bo bowtie or something like that. Oh what was the name Stephen? Steven? Is it a bow tie? You should Bowtie It is Bowtie bow that, right? that
0: how did you pull that out of your memory? Wow.
1: That would be the kind of widget that if they do home screen widgets in iPadOS 14, I would love to have something like that.
2: This bow tie website, there is nothing that is dating it more than the red curtains.
0: Or the audio support. Oh
2: man. Oh, that. Yeah, maybe the audio. But like the red curtains, right? It's like front row or like photo booth. You know, like.
1: Oh man, bow tie. So many memories, and you could make themes for bow tie. And there were so many custom themes around, like the super minimal themes or the super skeuomorphic themes. Yeah. Yeah, those were the times.
2: I have a list. It's not as big as Federico's list, but it's a list. Uh, system-wide customizable keyboard shortcuts on iPadOS. So I can make my own shortcuts. So like if I want to play or pause music, I can do that. If I want to run a uh, Siri shortcut, I could do that with just a keyboard shortcut. Um, Apple's so big on keyboards now, then give me the shortcuts. I want them. I want the shortcuts. Um, my next one, I don't think I want
1: this. I do <laughs> Don't think it will happen. That's the, the that's the exact spirit of this segment. Go on. But what about dashboard for iPadOS? There you go. If there's gonna <laughs> be wanna... widgets,
2: then you know maybe I want to bring up the widgets anywhere and not have to go back to the home screen you know i could just bring up some uh maybe i could go over to the right left hand side you know and, like do a little slidey over from the left hand side there's my dashboard of widgets
0: you know i mean that's basically and, what we have on the phone yep it's just just the
1: full screen grand, you mean the grand return can of you imagine the dashboard that can you imagine that? like
2: if maybe they renamed the home screen dashboard like that feels like a very oh Apple thing to do
1: this is the kind of thing that you say now, yeah. we forget about it, they eventually rename it at WWDC, and we all scramble to find the point when was where it that Mike, Mike said... said dashboard.
2: <laughs> but like, these are also like oh. the things that pop into my head, and I say them, because if I'm right, I look like an oracle, but if I'm mm-hmm. wrong, no one, think- no one remembers, because nobody cares. But if they call the home screen, the dashboard, then Mike looks like a genius. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one is the return of the magnifier for text selection on ipad
1: os honestly this is just a bug fix
2: (laughs) 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 i mean uh, we will all agree at this point that that's what it is but it's like one of those things where it's like i don't think they would do this but it would be really good if they did it and everyone would be happy um i will throw this one out there i left my usual one out which i well maybe i'll mention it i left it out but True proper rich text support, but it's not actually on my list. I left it out. But the one other one that I will always keep asking for forever is proper handling of audio on iPadOS, mm-hmm. so I can record mm-hmm. in one application and have a video, an audio call in another application, which will enable me to be able to actually record podcasts the way that I want on my iPad. And then uh, left turn shortcuts for the Mac,
1: of course, of mm-hmm. course. If there was a time. When Apple engineers would understand the limitations of the current audio system, you would think that during a lockdown, yeah. with everybody doing video and audio calls, yeah. they would probably get the sense of why the system needs to be redone.
2: Yeah. I think a lot of this stuff, like the fact that, you know, if, if you're on a video call and you
1: go home, it cuts your video off. So I saw somewhere on Twitter or Reddit, Someone said, and I was not able to confirm this, that in the 13.5 beta, I've seen this too, yeah. This is no longer the case, but I've been too lazy to confirm this because it was late at night when I saw it, and I didn't want to go to the kitchen and grab my iPad.
0: Do you mean to FaceTime you? I'll just FaceTime you real quick. I don't have my. What? Well,
1: I do. All
0: right. Well, let me FaceTime you. Okay. Okay. Real time follow Hold up. On. I wished I had what some do, more uh, things uh, to what? say
2: at this point that would enable uh-huh. for this to be like a more seamless transition while you two are arranging your FaceTime call, but I don't I don't have anything else on the list. I think
1: uh, but here's the problem though. I think FaceTime was already whitelisted for this.
2: Mm so we need to try something else. Try Zoom or Slack. Zoom on my or... IPad. Uh Slack Oh, can, can,
1: Slack doesn't do Slack video calls, does it? it? Slack doesn't do video.
2: Oh not on iOS it doesn't.
1: And we are already on Skype. I mean you could use so. Discord.
0: <laughs> Here, Federico, I will send you a Zoom link real quick. It's going to oh be great.
1: My God. Oh, my God. We're doing this on the show. I think, I, uh, of course I think we we this are.
2: person said something. I wish, again, I wish we both saved this tweet now that they said it was in, on a web browser anyway. So maybe that is of use
0: to you. Mm. All right. Start a meeting. I'm just in a meeting by myself.
2: Uh, here we go. I'm currently on the iPad OS 13.5 public beta, and one of my long standing iPad OS gripes, the front camera turning off when sliding over into split screen with another application using the camera in Safari, is now gone. Is this a bug or a feature? And this is from Major K.
1: This is a lot of wrong terminology going on. Sliding over to split screen means a bunch of different things. Well, yeah, and
2: uh, we've already established that nobody knows any of this stuff.
1: <laughs> we, are, we are gonna test this right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, okay. Steven sent me a link. I tapped on it. So again, Apple, please, oh my God. Safari cannot open the page because the address is invalid. This is the, uh, an error that I just saw in desktop class Safari on my iPad Pro. <laughs> and now it just launched the App Store.
0: To, to download Zoom?
1: To well, download Zoom. If it just, you it copy and paste it,
2: it, it should work. Rather than clicking the link.
1: No, it gives me the same error. Really?
2: Wow. Well, we tried. No, we need to do this. No, we need to do this now. There has to be a way. There's got to be an app of some... Oh, no, it has to be in Safari, right? We've already established this.
1: Does it have to... I mean, I can download Zoom on, on the iPad. Well, the, the guy said Safari. What was the guy
2: using, though? So, I don't know.
1: Seriously, you cannot use Zoom in Safari on the iPad?
2: I don't know. I will read you the tweet again, Federica. I'm currently on the iPad OS 13.5 public beta, and one of my long-standing iPad OS gripes, which is the front camera turning off when sliding over or split screen with another application when using the camera in Safari, is now gone. Is this a bug or a feature?
1: Okay. I'm so I'm just gonna try and join with the Zoom app, Stephen.
0: Okay. It
1: says waiting. This meeting is not valid. Oh. Steven, Stephen, what, what are you, are
0: you doing? doing? Oh, sorry. I closed it because it didn't work.
1: I knew it was your fault. All right, hang
0: on. Let me add you again.
1: Well, maybe that's why it wasn't working, Safari. You're doing your if crazy If you want to support this high
2: quality content, become
1: a Real FM member today. Yes, Mike is right, as always.
0: It's a hashtag. All right, I sent you another link. I'm in Zoom.
1: Okay. Well, I'm going to try this again. Okay. Please enter your name. So uh, call Feder- myself Federico. Teaching. Mm-hmm. Continue. I agree. Change virtual background. Nah. Uh, no. I want to see where you are. I'm in my bedroom, Steven. So am I. Okay.
0: I've admitted you to the room. Access the
1: microphone. Hi. Hey, I see you. Hi. Hi. What's up? Hi. So, to hear others, please join audio.
0: Yeah, we don't need audio for this because we can hear Cancel. each other on Skype.
1: Yes. So, so if you
0: swipe over, I'll tell you what happens.
1: Okay. You ready? Yes. It's not doing anything. I cannot use Zoom and split view.
0: Your video is paused.
1: So the guy's wrong, Mike. I knew it. <laughs> mm. Again, okay. just to
2: stay. I'm using slide Over. He never I'm using said slide in over. the Zoom
1: app, though. He said
2: in Safari. He was very clear
1: about that. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, we tried. Bye, buddy.
1: Bye. So we tried. The guy was wrong, as most people are on Twitter, honestly. I don't feel it's fair
2: to say he's wrong. You have not recreated the testing environment <laughs> that made <Major> you... <laughs> well, K... you should have
1: sent more details then. i told don't, you. not get in touch with He said
2: in Safari, using the camera in Safari. In Safari, Safari. W- 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 which service? I don't know. That's not important for, for no, him to is. tell you. Could be anything. Maybe it is possible uh, to get s- Zoom to work, but you just haven't found a way yet.
0: Maybe. I've got a list of things. All right. Forgot we're we were
2: doing this. Yep, carry on. Yeah.
0: Uh, so I'm going to start with my with my smaller ones. Health app on the iPad and Mac. Mm. Be great to see that data elsewhere. It's already in iCloud, right? Just sync it around to my stuff. It's fine. Is it in iCloud? Yes. Or it, it's in your iCloud backup at least, I think. Right. If I have two-factor on, I'd like the option to see that dashboard on my ipad or mac you know i understand yeah. the data is most, mostly coming to it from my phone but it'd be nice to see those charts and stuff on a bigger display uh handoff for music between mac and ios or some sort of awareness of my state so if i'm playing something in my truck and i get in i want to play it on my mac some way for me to or for apple music to know what i was just listening to and just pick it up where i was this is so key that was a thing back in the iPod days, iTunes and iPod. If you if you if
2: you're listening to Spotify on an Echo and then open the iOS mm-hmm. app, it says, "Would you like to continue
0: listening here?" Mm. And then you
2: just do, and then it just seamlessly transitions.
0: So do that Apple cross app VIP system for iOS, where I could say, you know what, I do want Slack and Twitter and Mail and iMessage notifications for Mike and Federico, but I don't want it I don't want to hear from other people. Mm. You know.
2: So you would want like some kind of contact API that apps could
0: tie into, right? A deep and open framework. contact notification API. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, rethinking mm-hmm. of Notification Center slash Today View on the Mac, <laughs> it's mostly useless. So and a bunch of apps don't even support widgets. Like, just get rid of the widgets or just do something. Make it something that people want to use. Like Dashboard. Yes. Bring Dashboard back. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. Um, but my big one is uh, a rebuilt Messages app for the Mac with as close to feature parity with iOS as possible. I understand the apps and stuff may not be there, although maybe they could be with Catalyst. But you know the features that that we have on iOS, like I don't know if you guys ever tried searching for message in Messages on the Mac. It's real bad. Like it's just it's it's they've built so much on the foundation of of what was there before with iChat and with mes- the early Messages app and. There's so much stuff the iOS version can do, the Mac version can't. And messages is a really important part of Apple's services strategy. It's one of the things that keeps people in the ecosystem. And doing that primarily from a Mac is a pretty a pretty secondary experience compared to on mobile. So I'd really like for them to bring that up to par.
1: Steven, this is a great list. Although there's a problem. There's not enough weird. Yeah. Give me some weird. Give yeah. me some weird.
2: These are all these are all really good things which do fit the unlikely
0: area, but like they're sensible.
1: I'm gonna count to three and you're gonna say the first thing that pops in your mind. One, <laughs> two, three, go.
0: Finder looks like tot. Dots instead of <laughs> labels. <laughs>
1: <laughs> See? There we go. You, you, did it. It. <laughs> you did it. You did it. <laughs> uh, Mike, what's worse? People who say series shortcuts, mm-hmm. people who, when a new beta comes out, say fresh bits on the developer website.
2: Definitely worse to say fresh bits. Has that happened while we've been recording? <laughs> no. Oh. No, no, no. You're just no, continuing no, to think of new ones? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, fresh yeah. bits. Fresh bits doesn't make any sense. There is no <laughs> freshness state for software. <laughs> like, it's not like it doesn't rot, this you is- know, it doesn't go old.
1: this is the hill mike dies on yes this one (laughs) fresh bits this one and the only one okay my only opinion the only one okay okay uh so steven uh thank you this is a great list plus some weird at the end uh very very well done
0: glad i could help this episode of connected is brought to you by pingdom from solar winds While you've been listening to this podcast, how would you know if your website had gone down? Would you know if customers couldn't click buy now or access your content? You could stumble across the problem by luck, or maybe someone would email you or send you a tweet. But that's not good because you need a system. You need a system that is telling you that everything is running smoothly on your website. And, way more importantly, when it's not. Pingdom is that system. It detects around 13 million outages every month. That's more than 400,000 outages a day. Pingdom helps keep the sites that you love online, including one uh, little podcast network called Relay FM. So it doesn't matter if you're a startup or you're in a Fortune 500 company, you need alerts about critical website issues. Pingdom lets you customize how you're alerted depending on the severity of the outage. Plus, they track and analyze things like web, a website's loading time, so you can see what's affecting the user experience. If you have a site of any size, you need Pingdom, and Pingdom has a no-fuss approach to getting started. All they need is the URL that you want to monitor, and they take care of the rest. Go to pingdom.com RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. And when you sign up, use the code CONNECTED at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom from SolarWinds for the support of the show and Relay FM.
2: pod Studio. That's HeadPods. There's a couple of rumors, a couple of pieces of information, which are going to condense into one topic. Uh, some came from front page tech via 9to5Mac and the other from 9to5Mac directly. So Apple's upcoming over-ear headphones are expected to be called AirPod Studio, which I think Stephen suggested uh, on an episode yes. recently. Year um, of Stephen. You still year don't understand what Steven. that means. You just need year to stop it.
1: Y- you pick the right things for the wrong episode. You gotta yep. come up, uh, pick, the, pick the actual predictions for when we do the predictions, not during the year, because th- that does not qualify for Year of Stephen. Mm-hmm. Also, you've been saying year of Stephen for the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. It's not how it works.
0: It's a decade of Steven.
1: Four more okay. years.
0: Four more. Oh. AirPods Studio. Tell us about it, Mike. Three hundred forty-nine dollars um,
2: is apparently going to be the price. I think it's going to be more than that. <laughs> really? Do you
1: for headphones? That's a lot of money for headphones. Uh, three forty-nine. Uh, mm, three ninety-nine. All yeah. right.
2: Three ninety-eight. Um, Okay, so launching later this year, probably with the iPhone, you would assume. That is my conjecture. The rumor did not say this, but when else would they launch it? Uh, And it's going to have a couple of interesting features via some sensors. Uh, One kind of category is ear detection. So pausing when you remove from your ears, like AirPods, but also neck detection. So if you take the headphones off and put them on your neck, it doesn't put them to sleep. It just kind of
0: holds it. Right. So, ins- hang on, hang on. I have a question about detection. Okay. Okay. So we have ear detection. Mm-hmm. We have tongue detection mm-hmm. in Mimoji. Mm-hmm. right? Remember that slide? I have a screenshot of it, which is tongue detection.
1: I I don't I don't like where this is going. Neither do I. But carry on.
0: Giant letters. We have mm-hmm. neck detection. Um, so like, go on. Do you have an it- end
2: to this point, or <laughs> is that it? Punchline. What's your punchline? No, on. the
0: punchline was tongue detection, but I kind of blew through it. So <laughs> this
2: is a terrible way. This is a- Do you understand how jokes work? Have you ever have you ever told a joke before? <laughs> <laughs> we have ear detection. We have tongue detection. We have neck detection. Tongue detection. Am I right? <laughs> so, <clears throat> if I could go back to the actual information, because I wasn't finished. So neck
0: detection... I'm sorry. I got excited about tongue detection.
2: You did. You did. It's okay. Yeah. So keeping the headset t- like actually turned on, but kind of just waiting for you to put it back on your ears again so it would like immediately kick back in. So this seems, I would assume if you didn't have it on at all, it would probably go into a lower power state at that point. I would assume similar to when you put your ear like your your headphones, like your AirPods down, or they're like completely both out of your ears, right? So like there's these different states between ear and neck detection. Uh, it detects left and right ear to route stereo sound correctly. There is no defined left or right, apparently, according to these rumors. I think this is amazing. And at this point, I was like... I hate that I have to do this with headphones. Like, Just at that point, I was like, oh, I'm so mad about left and right that I have to get it right hmm. every time. Um, I don't know how on earth you would do this, but maybe some like accelerometers and, and gyroscope type deal I could work it out. Um, obviously, uh, both active noise cancelling and transparency modes would be built in. I guess you would assume that the noise cancelling would be more powerful um, in these, because it's much bigger right like the headphones are much bigger and you would want that anyway i would feel from uh, over ear headphones you'd want it to be uh, even better and that would be kind of amazing if it was even better because i really love uh, the apple's pro noise cancelling and also custom equalizer settings for ios and mac os federico as the resident headphone uh, audio file i would say of the show uh what is your opinion on uh, this set of rumors
1: the more we hear about these AirPods Studio headphones, the better they sound, and that makes me concerned. Oh. Because <laughs> all of this sounds incredible. Like, yes, neck detection, genius. Uh, no left and right, genius. I've always wanted this to, you know, it's one of those things that, that you 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 read about it and you realize, I can't believe that nobody's done this before. Yes, I want my headphones to behave like this. But then, you know, you consider everything and it ju- they just sound too good to be true. And I don't know, like, are we going to get all of this and, you know, the magnetic attachments, the interchangeable parts and the super, you know, high quality audio and now neck detection and ear detection. Like, I want all of this to be correct. I want this to be the product. I just... I wanna be cautious with you know getting my hopes up too much, mm. but I mean this sounds incredible honestly like i i totally i I would totally buy these headphones, and especially like the combination of Having those interchangeable parts. So uh, if you remember the rumor that we discussed, that Apple was making this magnetic design that allows you to change the ear cups of these headphones via simple magnetic attachments. So the the theory goes, you could have like um, ear cups for more comfortable listening, and maybe like a sports mode where you could change the parts or you could change the colors. Um, so that combined with the smart detection. For whether you're wearing these headphones around your neck or uh, the orientation that you're wearing them, I want all of this personally. Uh, it's the you know the kind of stuff that that I feel like Apple could do well, um, because we we've seen it happen before with AirPods, right? Um, I just I don't know. I just I I want the rumors to be right. How
2: do you think these I just will
1: charge? Ah, with the cable. You don't
2: think they'll have any wireless charging in them?
1: iPhones uh, are kind of weird to charge wirelessly because the the way that you fold them, they're never stable mm-hmm. enough. So I could see maybe placing them in a case that charges.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, do you think they will have a charging case?
1: If they if they do support some kind of charging mode that does not require you to plug a cable into the headphones that's gonna be the way that they go i mean like the case uh, charges i was assuming
2: that like it they will have a lightning port on them yeah but there is also a case you can buy which has a battery in it as well i can't imagine them
1: i think the case comes i think the case comes with the headphones really that seems like a for For
0: 400 bucks it should
2: well that well, well maybe not for 349 Maybe the the charging case yeah. is an extra 50.
0: I wonder, too, if it's if it's USB-C or lightning or something that you could do, like you can other headphones in this class, where if the battery's dead, you can still listen to them via USB while they charge.
1: USB-C would make sense if you were to use these headphones with devices that are not iPhones. Yeah. Uh, because mm. you could easily buy these headphones and use them with your Android phone, for example, um, via USB-C.
2: But you could do that with, with lightning to USB-C cable anyway.
1: Sure, it just would be easier to have USB-C to oh, USB-C. Definitely. I mean mm-hmm. all
2: Apple devices should charge by USB-C. I, mean, I think we can all agree yeah. on that anyway at this point. Um because yeah. the USB-C cable is everywhere and it's about about the same size and would be amazing. I want everything to charge by USB-C now, but that's neither here nor there for the time being cuz it's the next iPhones not going to have it. Um I'm really intrigued by this product. Uh I I d you know, I, I I will definitely want I definitely want them and I see a part, a place in my life where they will be useful. I just don't know if that place is going to be a, possible this year. Because like the, I only use over ear headphones when I'm traveling. Um otherwise I just use AirPods. And like for most of the cases where I would want to use any kind of headphone or earphone, I would pick AirPods for like home use like i can't i mean i can't imagine wanting to use the overears unless the overears are like so much better like so much better right that like i would i would choose something that's maybe a little less comfortable i don't know we'll see mm-hmm. I, I am i am really intrigued about this product like it, it, it is a product that i definitely want um but it's like i just don't know if i will have the immediate use case for it when it becomes available but who knows at this point we'll see Definitely feels like a September thing to me, though. Like that, you would want to announce Mm -hmm. this alongside the iPhone. Like that—that feels like the right time for this kind of product. Yeah. Plus, like, definite, really strong holiday gift. People are going to really want these. I think.
0: Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, AirPods did that. Uh, EarPods when they switched to that design, it was in the fall, I think, Mm -hmm. with new a new iPhone or new iPods or something. So, that all makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, I'm still very curious. I think either Apple will go out of their way to like really explain the difference between this and Beats products, or they're not going to mention it at all. They will not mention it at all, because yeah. why would they? And, and I just, I just wonder if that will lead to confusion. Like, what separates us from what Beats can do? I don't know. Like, I'm very, very. It
2: doesn't need to. It's just another product. Like, it's another company. It's another brand. People buy Beats because they want Beats, and I don't think that's gonna. Change anytime soon. Like Apple have never felt the need to explain why AirPods are different to Beats X. Like true, they did. They even they've never even shown Beats products on a stage, right?
0: No, they did at some point. They said, "Oh, it has this new wireless chip," and then they were like, "Oh, and this Beats product is going to have it too." But that's as far as they've gone, right? But like you know, I I don't think it would be necessary
2: to. Show it off against Beats because what you know, Beats is still a money-making product. Like they wouldn't yeah. want to show one off against the other. I I feel like I just think it would just be like, mm. this is what this product does, and that's that. Because I can imagine them giving the exact same technology to a Beats product, either at the same time or a time in the not too distant future afterwards. Because why not? It's the same as they've done with all of their headphone and earphone initiatives so far. Like, there will be a new Beats product, which has Beats styling and most of the same features, like I would assume. Like, why would they not do that? They've done that consistently to this point, right?
0: Yeah. It just, this just feels like a a more into the Beats territory than they've gone before. That's all.
2: Yeah, but I could imagine, like, you know, these will be really premium, high-end materials, and then there will be, like, a... Beats version, which is all plastic and will be colorful mm-hmm. and different and maybe a little bit cheaper and have similar-ish, uh, you know, it's like, uh, you know, why do they have MacBook Pros and MacBooks, like on iPads and iPad Pros? It's just like different different types of people want those products. They want things that mm-hmm. work and look and pr- price differently and kind of they just happen to luck out with a second brand as opposed to needing to come up with a bunch of brands of their own
0: this episode of Connected is also made possible by Hover, one of the show's longest running sponsors. When you have that big idea, where do you go? For a ton of people, Hover is that first big step because a business or a project, it starts with a domain name. And Hover has over 300 domain name extensions to choose from. So you're not just stuck with .com or .net, you can just go wild. No matter what you want to build, there's a domain name waiting for it. Hover has excellent technical support to answer any questions you may have, and they're dedicated to getting you online, not upselling you. This means that Hover has a really clean UX new UI when you go through the process of buying a domain or setting up your DNS records. It's all very clear, very easy to understand what's going on. They have free Whois privacy, so the bad guys don't get your information. And there are monthly sales on popular top-level domains. So it's easy to see why Hover is the popular choice for people starting businesses. I spent some time earlier this year sorting out a website and some other stuff for the parent-teacher organization at my kids' elementary school. And their domain was some other provider, but then their DNS was somewhere else. And one of the things we did was brought it all under one roof at Hover. So I moved the domain name in, which Hover makes very easy. Set up all the DNS there, which is all very clear and simple. And now, if we need to change anything, it's all in one glorious home. We know that you like intuitive user experiences and things that just work straight out of the box, so you will appreciate Hover. Uh, out of those top-level domains, one that stands out is .art. So if you are an artist or you want to create a website to showcase your work, that could be a fun way to stand out from the crowd. You can also get a custom domain name for each individual piece of art you create, and have a catalog that provides descriptions and details on every piece and makes your art easily accessible from around the world. Buy your domain and start using it today. Go to hover.com slash connected and get 10% off any new purchase. That URL one more time is hover.com slash connected. Make a name for yourself with hover. Our thanks to hover for the support of the show and relay FM. Federico, you have been swimming in the sea of Devonthink. How's that going?
1: Uh, it's 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 complicated. It's it's exhausting and complicated, but potentially good in the end. Um, so I've been slowly but surely finding my way around DevonThink and setting up things the way that I like them and, and thinking ahead. Like how can I kind of set this up in a way that will scale this summer, when I will be working on on this big project that is the annual IAS review and what are the things that I would like to improve from the setup that I've been essentially essentially using for the past two years. Mm-hmm. So, okay, uh, the 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 first thing that I want to mention is that soon after. Doing last week's episode of Connected, I immediately forgot about the global inboxes and regular inboxes and databases, like I forgot about, like you explained it to me. And in that moment, I understood what it meant. But once that moment passed, I forgot again. Um, so a few days ago, I was struggling to figure out where two files I had saved in a database were. Because I couldn't find them anymore, and it took me a while, but I figured it out. So basically, I created a new database called iOS 14 Review in Devonthink, and, um, and I saved two items into the inbox of that database. However, and I was using the app on the iPad, so Devonthink to go on the iPad. When I opened, th- when I tapped on that database in the sidebar, that database was empty. And I couldn't understand why, because it had a badge indicator that said two next to the name. But then when I tapped on the the database, there were zero items, not two of them. And that happens because the inbox of a database is not shown in the database itself, which is very confusing to me, because the inbox is part of a database. However, if you tap on the database, it's not there. So... It's not like email where, because you told me it's like email, and yes, it sort of is. The problem is that if you were to continue this email comparison, when you open a mail account in the mail sidebar, you still see the inbox for that specific account, whereas the inbox of a database in DevonThink can only be seen in the standalone inboxes view. So... Uh, basically, the lesson that that I learned is, is that I never want to save anything into the inbox. I always want to save data directly into a database where I can create groups or I can save files into the main root view of a database. So I dislike this inbox structure because I, I, you know, when I create a database, I would expect the database to also contain the inbox, and it does technically but not so visually speaking, at least in the iPad app. I don't know if things are different on the Mac, but this is how it works on the iPad, and it's very confusing. So I will not be saving anything into the inbox anymore. Uh, Now, I've been thinking about ways to save web pages. Uh, We we talked about this. I I will soon have the need to archive web pages in DevonThink. And those web pages, ideally, I will have to annotate and reference as I'm writing the iOS 14 review. And there's a couple of ways to go about this. Um, you could use the Clipper, so the DevonThink extension on iOS and iPadOS. This extension you can use from the share sheet, and when you tap it, uh, it gives you a bunch of options. You can rename an item, and you can choose the format. You can save as a web archive, you can save as a PDF, you can save as a clutter-free markdown view of the web page, which is kind of neat. Um, and then you can choose the group, you can choose where to save it, and you save it directly from Safari or you know any other app that you're using. The problem there is that when you use the extension, in my case, it's from Safari, It saves that item into the database inbox, which again, I do not want. I want to be able to save stuff directly into a database, skipping the inbox, ideally going into a specific folder or maybe a folder that I get to choose. However, this behavior is not possible in the DevonThink extension, which by default always goes into the inbox. So I remembered... That years ago when I last tried Devonthink, I had created a bunch of Devonthink shortcuts that were still available on the MacStories shortcuts archive. So, it is with great pleasure, guys, that I can <laughs> announce that I made a, shor- a new shortcut that I have already posted on the MacStories shortcuts archive. However, I have not pr- talked about this shortcut anywhere else, so it is for the time being, an exclusive wow. for connected listeners. Whoa. So Huge. big time, big App time. stories.
2: Gets Craig Federighi. We get a Devon Think shortcut. Yeah. Um, so who's winning um, now? Am that, right? That,
1: that, Take that, sure. John. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God. So um, it's called uh, Devon Web. So I'm really good with names, uh, if I do say so myself. That's good. So the idea is that in a in a web page you can run this shortcut and it'll ask you, do you want to save this web page as a web archive or as a PDF? And the difference is that you can, before running the shortcut, you can create your own list of your favorite databases and your favorite folders. And when the shortcut runs, you can pick the folder when you want the new item to be saved into. So uh, I created uh, folders for like Siri and shortcuts and design, you know, all the features that I tend to cover in my reviews. And when the shortcut runs, you can pick the folder and the item will be saved in the format of your choosing in the folder of your choosing. So uh, it's the kind of behavior that I want. Of course, uh, DevonThink does not support modern shortcuts with parameters. So the shortcut needs to use X callback URL. To launch Devonthink. Ah. Well, first it launches shortcuts, then it launches Devonthink, then it goes back to shortcuts, uh, which is a uh, somewhat unfortunate. That's a blast from
0: the past, right there.
1: It's a very, very much so. Um, eventually, I hope that the Devonthink folks will be able to support modern shortcuts with parameters, skipping the need to open and launch Devonthink. Entirely, but right now this is the way that it works now, I have a system that works I understand for now at least how inboxes behave uh, with databases and I kept thinking what do I want to save web pages as as web archives or as PDF documents now the web archive has a big advantage in that it's a comp it's it's a one hundred percent Uh, You know, high fidelity replica of the original web page you're looking at, but it's entirely offline. So the web archive downloads images, the CSS, JavaScript assets, and it creates an offline copy of the page. And you open the file, you open the web archive, it's for that reason, web archives can be relatively heavy files. You know, you can make a web archive and it's like 20 megabytes, and that's because it depends on how many resources resources it downloads from the original page. But you look at it, and it looks exactly like the page you're looking at in Safari. You can select text, and you can follow links. You can do anything that you can do in Safari.
0: And it's all and it's all local, right? So and it's all
1: local. It's all local, and these files
0: may be kind of big because they have all the images and everything in them.
1: But it's all local. That's awesome. However, for my purposes, for what I need to do for this review, web archives cannot be annotated because, you know, you cannot annotate web pages unless you use some plugins or stuff like that. Um, they are meant to let you download the page. They're not meant to be annotated and modified. That's what PDFs do. And Devon think has pretty good support for Annotating and modifying PDFs inside the app, you can you can add highlight uh, highlights, you can add comments, you can uh, you can have a like a grid view for um, pages inside a PDF, and you can search inside the PDF, and you can have a table of contents. All the usual suspects are here when it comes to PDFs. However, PDFs are not necessarily a complete replica of the page you're looking at. Sometimes you convert a page to PDF and it looks slightly different from from the page that you're looking at in Safari and that happens because in the conversion to PDFs something happens i i don't know exactly how to describe it but in like i think it tends to be like uh differences between the webkit engine that shows you the page in safari and the webkit engine that is responsible for converting that to pdf But sometimes those PDF pages, they lose some of the elements of the original web page in Safari. A good example, if you go to the Human Interface Guidelines from Apple and you save that to PDF using DevonThink or using shortcuts in my case, you do get the content. However, the sidebar for navigating sections does not get converted to PDF. So you lose the sidebar and something funky happens with the iPhone screenshots that Apple uses uh, the image inside the iPhone frame gets smaller than the iPhone itself. <laughs> it's kind of weird. I don't know what happens, but it happens. So uh, it's not a complete. It's not a. It's not a high fidelity replica of the page. It's a PDF version of that. The more I think about this, the more I keep thinking that web archives are conceptually ideal for me because I love the fact that they look exactly like the original web page. However, PDF documents give me more freedom in terms of annotating and extracting information out of those documents. And not only that, but also if I were to archive these web pages as PDF, I could use a combination of apps to compensate for the features that are missing from DevonThink. Primarily, I'm thinking of this sort of setup where I could archive developer pages from apple.com in DevonThink as PDF documents and because DevonThink supports or will soon support um, opening files individual files in place in other apps I could use the app called Highlights on my iPad to browse to the DevonThink location in files open the PDFs that I saved and rely on Highlights' superior annotation tools. Hmm. Highlights is really good because it allows you to, for example, if you have a long document and you have a bunch of highlights in the document, like a bunch of uh, passages of text that you highlighted, in Highlights, you can have a split view for that document. So you can have the document on the left side and a summary of all your annotations and highlights on the right See side you of mean the screen.
2: multi-window. <laughs>
1: No, I mean in-apps, lowercase, split view. (laughs) And it's very good. And it even lets you export all those annotations in a bunch of different formats, including Markdown and I believe HTML and even uh, OmniFocus and DevonThink formats. So thanks to the... uh, Because DevonThink uh, shows you like the database structure of DevonThink on the iPad, you can browse in the files app because DevonThink is also a file provider. And thanks to files, I could use DevonThink as, a, as a, like a document repository and use additional apps for specific features, in this case, highlights. So I could use highlights plus DevonThink to store everything in DevonThink, sync everything with DevonThink, but then use highlights to come in and take care of the annotations and export those annotations. This is the kind of workflow that I would be really interested in trying this summer. There's a second part to this point. I believe, at least I hope, that DevonThink will soon support opening folders in place. So if they do this, if they add support for, say, letting you open a DevonThink folder, via the files picker in, say, IA Writer, right? Uh, this is the files bookmarks technology with open in place that we've talked about many times before. If that was possible, this is not possible yet, but if if it became a feature of DevonThink, I could see a scenario where the entire review is stored in DevonThink, backed up to multiple places, of course, and IA Writer accesses the DevonThink folder for the review and access my text editor on top of DevonThink. So DevonThink has a centralized location for research material, markdown documents, and even screenshots. And if they do this right, I could have these markdown chapters for my review that reference local files stored in DevonThink that would show up in the Markdown preview, both in DevonThink and and in IA Writer. So the same syntax, the same file structure, a centralized location, and I get to choose what is the text editor that I want to use, what is the PDF viewer that I want to use, but everything is inside DevonThink. And of course, I have my shortcuts for backing up the whole thing to multiple places, including iCloud Drive and Dropbox. This is all, again, this is all wishful thinking, basically, because right now this feature does not exist yet. But I'm very optimistic that it will. And I am very intrigued by this idea of using opening Place for individual files, so PDF documents that I could view and annotate and process in Highlights. And the review itself, which could be stored in DevonThink, but opened in place inside IA Writer. And in my experience, opening place works well for folders. Uh, I, I've had like a working copy folder open in IA Writer as an external location for months. Nothing happened. It, it works very well, even across uh, system updates and device reboots the external folder gets uh, remains pinned to the IA Writer sidebar. It works really well. So I'm thinking about this because I'm very intrigued by the idea of um, having Devon think as this centralized location where I can reference local screenshots and research material and then use IA Writer on top of it. And uh, today, uh, IA Writer got updated to version 5.5 I have a link on, on Mac stories, but basically they now let you highlight text inside of a Markdown document. Um, and the text actually gets highlighted in yellow. So this is perfect for me because I've always wanted to uh, to have this kind of feature. Uh, it used to be possible in Scrivener years ago. I wrote one of my reviews. I believe it was the iOS 10 review in Scrivener as rich text. And one of the great features of Scrivener is that it, le- it lets you highlight Uh, Text inside the text editor. And so uh, I would use highlights as a way for me to mark up certain passages of the review that maybe needed to be looked at again in the future Uh, because maybe there was a missing feature or a bug that I needed to reevaluate later in the summer. Now I can do this in IA Writer without giving up on markdown uh, because you just need to enter two equal signs and you can highlight text. So Basically, what I'm thinking of is an evolution of the current setup that I have. So I will keep using IA Writer. I will keep storing the review as Markdown, but I'm considering DevonThink as a centralized location for everything. However, they need to support a bunch more features first because all of this right now, the only part that's possible, I think, at least in the current beta, of DevonThink that is up on test flight is to open files in place, uh, but folders not yet. So, uh, and yes, web pages I will probably store as PDF instead of web archives because I want to be able to annotate them and because I really want to use highlights uh, because I really like I really like that app and I really like the idea of seeing uh, the document and annotations on screen at the same time.
0: Yeah, I too have been. Dealing with sort of what format do I save things into? A lot of the times I will do PDF. Um, but one thing I've done the last week is I've added a bunch of RSS feeds into DevonThink. So DevonThink can basically import the contents of an RSS feed and then keep them locally. So I added all my podcasts so I could like search of, you know, across the show notes and show links really quickly. I also added a couple of specific RSS feeds from 512. So I have like KBase of the Week and apple history those feeds so i can have a quick view of what i've done before and uh, you know if if i how does it get
2: saved like what is the format when you import
0: an rss feed so i set so when you save uh when you bring in an rss feed on the mac app you can change the format that you want i left mine on automatic and i got html documents so there's no anything in the the article is there, but there's no Chrome of, you know, the site around it. And hmm. it's just text, HTML text. So I could copy and paste if I wanted to. Okay. But in terms of research materials, I mostly do PDF. Um, I haven't done much with web archive really in a long time. When I tried it last, probably years ago, like really weird things would happen. Like if you had some sort of video or audio embedded on the page, the player would like cover up other content and it was kind of buggy and maybe it's, it's better now, but PDF isn't always the right option. A lot of the times it is a lot of the stuff that I pull. It's like really old stuff where PDF it's, it super easily handles it. Right. Because the web, some of the stuff I pull off the web is not as uh, complicated as something like the, the HIG that, that Federico mentioned, but it gives you options, which is what's what's cool. And I'm glad to hear that they are doing more with the iOS app. Um, now, one question I had for you, Federico, is do you feel strongly that the the review and the research should live in the same place?
1: I don't feel strongly, but it's basically what I've already been doing. So uh, I know that a lot of people think that this may sound complex, but this is the re- how the review has been done for the past couple of years. Only the location was different. Right. It was iCloud Drive. Uh, but yes, for the past couple of years, uh, the, the markdown files and the screenshots were all stored and tagged in iCloud Drive. And I used the, uh, the local file references. In IA Writer to um, sort of embed those local files into the review, so that I could preview them with, uh, and and take a look at the review as it would appear on Mac Stories because I have a custom uh, preview theme, without having to upload the images to my CDN. Uh, the images I upload to the CDN uh, all in one session. Like I uh, I have a script that uh, you know I sit down a couple of hours. Uh, an afternoon, and I upload like uh, three hundred images all at once. But during the summer, they are actually local files in iCloud Drive.
0: Yeah, because they they change over time, right? Apple tweaks a design yes. or an app changes. Yep. You you don't want to be uploading those to your server repeatedly.
1: Exactly, exactly, exactly. So I just I store local references for that reason. Okay. And over time, if if uh, if a uh, feature changes, I can replace the local screenshot instead of having to upload, you know, multiple multiple times. So this is basically the the main idea would be to change the the location from iCloud Drive to DevonThink, but still the same suite of apps. And really, the the bigger change would be what I do about research, because really, for research, I didn't have a system last year or two years ago. And I'm starting to feel disorganized there. But I'm still going to use IA Writer, and I'm still going to use my... Uh, you know all the the features that i talked about last year and i'm still going to use scriptable to up and shortcuts to upload my screenshots so nothing is changing about the writing process uh, primarily i'm considering a location change and devonthink for research because for research i di- i didn't really have any system
0: okay i just wanted to clarify that you know I-, I think you could totally leave the markdown where it was and just use devonthink for like a research tool i don't think you necessarily have to mix them but
1: um. Yeah, no, no, no. I could do that, and in fact, uh, if they don't add support for opening place, or if I run some tests and I'm not sure about it, th- that's what I'm gonna do uh, for sure. I'm gonna keep storing uh, the the review in iCloud Drive and iE Writer, and use that thing for uh, PDF documents. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: Cool. Well, thanks for the update.
1: Sure, I will uh, follow up at some point again. Uh, which reminds me how many days left in the trial uh oh 99 hours left Uh-oh. so TikTok. this is now an and this is now an hourly countdown Uh-oh. okay
2: <laughs> you got you oh, got boy. some decisions to make over the next couple of days huh
1: so by the next episode i will have made a decision
2: by the next episode you will have signed up and not made a decision <laughs> we'll see about that that's how i think this is gonna go
0: All right. I think that does it for this week's episode of Connected. If you want to find links to all the stuff we spoke about uh, they're in your podcast player, you can find them at relay.fm slash connected slash 294. While you're on that webpage, there's lots of fun activities you can partake in. You can send us an email with feedback or follow-up. You can become a member to show your support for the show directly. You can also find us over on Twitter. Mike is there as I-M-Y-K-E, and Mike is the host of a bunch of shows here on Relay. You can find Federico on Twitter as Vaticci, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. He is the editor-in-chief of MacStories.net. You can find me online as ISMH, and you can find my writing at 512pixels.net. Until next time, gentlemen, say goodbye. Adios. Cheerio. Adios.